know about you. I have a lot of. They're not my actual uncles, and I. Uh, but I have a lot of men that are semi in my family that I yeah. that have friended me on Facebook, and probably I hope they regret it at this point. Um, but um, oh wow, I really I really mine a lot of like amazing material from. You haven't blocked them. No, no, no. Sometimes I'll like like today I, I commented on like two of them, maybe three. I see. I've um, blocked, and I I hate that I've done this, but. I have, there's too many shitheads that I'm friends with on Facebook. Sure, So sure. I've blocked them, so I'm not always having to, to fight, have fights with people. Uh, would you like, you like debating? Uh, be- no, I mean, I I just like putting like a, a comment. Like, for instance, today. You're like, talking uh, about commenting on other people's stuff. I'm talking about, I don't want people seeing my, my yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, No, no, no. If you come, come with me on my wall, I, I welcome it. Okay. Uh, it, only, it only makes me stronger. <laughs> um, but no, uh uh so like today there was a picture of like larry bird and it had some reactionary quote about shut up and play basketball and then like it was it was very obviously not something larry bird said yeah so i, I posted like a, a thing that was like hey larry bird didn't say this uh like a, a, a link that proved it um and also uh uh a, a, an epic picture of larry bird and bill walton at eugene debs's uh family home in uh I think, uh, what would it be, like Massachusetts maybe? I'm not sure. Is that a real wherever thing? Eugene, or maybe, maybe even Illinois. It might be Illinois. Is that a real picture? Yeah, it's a real, yeah, it's a real thing. It's a real picture. Is Larry, Larry, is Larry Bird, Bird a Soch? Um, I don't know if, if he's a confirmed comrade. I know he famously refused to go to the Reagan White House after the Celtics won some damn thing. Whatever Celtics Well, won. I know he grew up on a farm, um, and they may be like uh, that type of like rural uh, salt of the earth lefties. You know who hate sure, the, yeah, who hate maybe. the government and their developers. You know, sure, sure, and the railroad. Yeah. So this 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 Facebook post comes to us fresh from Forney, Texas, and uh, so basically, uh, there's a I'm not going to name them. It was a public post, and they're asking people to share it. So maybe I should. But this person in Forney, Texas. Uh, so I'll just I'll, I just want to read you this. I just want to walk you. Through have you have, did you not read this? No. I sent it to you. I don't know if you. Okay. Here we go. This is going to be good. <clears throat> uh, I just went to customer service at Walmart and asked why I was paying two different taxes. And the lady looked it over and added up the only two taxable items. And the first printed tax is correct. But the second of $1.10, she had no answer for. The lady then called the store manager and explained to her what the situation was. Lady on the phone says, and I heard her say, quote, refund the second tax, end quote. And she said it extremely quick. Uh, now, I have heard these stories and seen the receipts where this tax had BLM next to it. Hence, <laughs> hence, I honestly believe that they, parenthesis, Walmart, and parenthesis, are complacent in stealing money from we the people. Those are caps. Um, uh, as you can see, the receipt is from the Forney store. Check every receipt you get. Don't let corporates steal, quote, your, end quote, money. But what do corporates have to do with Black Lives Matter? I have no, I don't know. I don't, I no. that's the wrong question. Because if the idea is that the corporation of Walmart is in league with blacks and that's your black lives matter, uh, 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 tax, um, yeah. to pay yeah. reparations. I like, I don't know what's, the... I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, people had already like answered her in the comments that Walmart had an, had like an erroneous, uh, tax charge when you buy like a cell phone. 
uh, like a what is this, is it like straight talk some sort of some sort of thing I don't know it doesn't matter oh, so there's, there's oh buying a phone from Walmart explain. this person sounds like a welfare mom wow no uh, but uh, it, what's funny is she posted a picture of her, her grocery receipt which I would never do because my grocery receipt is shameful. You know, uh, it's like this guy eats a lot of jelly beans. I'm I'm always afraid that someone's going to look at my uh, my receipt and they're going to think that some of the items are related when they're not. <laughs> <laughs> like someone's going to someone's going to see some condoms and some K-Rose syrup and some yeah, yeah, yeah. some uh, batteries. <laughs> I can't think of anything yeah, sure. controversial right now for some reason. They're gonna see a brick, a paper plate, and a pack of pack of spark plugs. <laughs> that means nothing. I got a brick at uh, Walmart. No, I I always felt the same way when I had to like buy uh, condoms uh, at, at CVS because I was like, if I buy anything and condoms, people will yeah. think that they're yeah. they're all for the one activity. Mm-hmm. Especially <laughs> if you need condoms and only one other thing. You see, know? now that makes me feel creative. Like, because <laughs> I want to see what kind of combinations, like how heinous does it need to be to elicit an actual reaction from? Like you don't want to, you don't want to go to CVS and get only a condom and a thank you card. You know they're gonna think they're gonna think you're crazy. You know, or or or, or a, a pack of magnums and a condolences card. Anyway, what's funny about this story, the the Forney person story, yeah, um, is that Forney Forney like... Forney is a is a suburban uh, place uh, east of yeah. east of Dallas. Outside of Dallas, really close to me and Casey. Yeah, it's, it's really, really close. Um, but yeah, the the gist of the story, first of all, like this reinforces a, a reactionary thought that I, I repeatedly have, is that uh, people over the age of like, I don't know, 50 just should not be allowed uh, on the internet because they can't, they apparently it cannot tell fact from fiction. So that's like, what you're obvious. saying. This is a reactionary thought that you have that you harbor. Yeah, that's a reactionary thought that I have. Okay. Cause I, cause like uh, there are a lot of people that are old, like my grandmother, for instance, she, if she sees it on the internet, she thinks it's true. It, it, and it's kind of, if the post says like, and share, she likes it, yeah, shares it. It's the and, same like, with my know? grandmother and to a lesser extent, my dad who recently discovered YouTube like three years ago. And, I don't think they realize uh, the culture of the of the internet and, and misinformation. Like my grandmother, like I think a lot of older people, uh, yeah. uh, just sort of have the Fox Channel on during the day, and because they like the local affiliates. And then so they all, which is weird to me because the the Fox people in Dallas are not good. I don't know. Well, but never, I mean, when, I it, when it's local, it's basically the same as like is any that, other local. Is that Steve Ducey? That's Steve Dookie. Is that the Duke? Um, yeah. But and then also, I think she doesn't. I'm more of a Dale Hansen liberal. But I think some, but sometimes she'll be like changing the channel, look for the news, and she'll put yeah, Dale Dale Hansen, who our dads probably hate. <laughs> yeah, my dad hates him. Dale, <laughs> uh, Dale Hansen actually said Black Lives Matter. Did you see that? Did you hear anyone say about uh, oh, that? I oh, I know. On TV no, one time, and everybody was like, "God, okay, I'm done with this." No, Dale Hansen is like the the like Dallas woke the sports guy. Yeah, he for is. Some reason, and he's, and he's old too. Yeah, which yeah. Is, and which is and so cool. I, th- I think a lot of people, our parents, they felt betrayed when they found out about it. Well, no, it's it's like more of like, why can't sports just be about? Yeah, sports, just talk about know, like, sports. <laughs> Everything yeah. is disconnected, and and uh, no, yeah. uh, that's how people talk. Uh, no, I um, I, I I think a lot of uh, older people, like who especially who watch Fox News, I don't think they realize how the uh, media landscape works and like how the propaganda machine really works. Because I think a lot of things have changed, and I think you know how I'm sure you've noticed 
as you get older, you start checking out of certain things. Like early on, it's cultural things. Like you and I probably don't know the latest musical artists. And I think eventually that comes to encompass like how mechanisms in society work as well, where you just aren't engaged in it. No, I think part of what it is, is there, there's a worldview that they have and any anything remotely serious in terms of like reporting just doesn't comport with it like for instance like for for people in my family uh like fox news is 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 not good anymore they prefer one american news because my family is like is, is moving farther and farther right for sure um i don't even know what one american news is oh it's it's like even what's even their zanier. problem with fox news certainly not that it's too liberal well what's that what's that uh you remember shepherd smith Oh well, he would be he would be critical sometimes of Trump. Too many too many feelings, yeah, exactly. Or um, uh, what is that guy on on Sundays? Is it Chris uh, Hemsworth? No, not Chris Hemsworth. It, Evans. It's like a, I don't know. It's not, come on, man, stop naming random Hollywood Chris's. This is uh, this guy's got a worse chin. Chris Pratt. Than, uh, one of those There's a lot of Chris's in the MCU. There's too many Chris's, but that's the um, show they got too. The three of them are going to be a it, show. It doesn't matter what his name is. The, the the Fox News Sunday Chris person. They went against the company line occasionally, and people. Well, it's not even it. the company line. It's 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 uh, it's it's the remember the recent Axios interview with Donald Trump, and he like he was like had his fucking graphs, and he couldn't yeah interpret them either yeah um like it's the kind of like people think used to think that Axios was like soft on Trump and I think they were but like r- literally any anyone that sits down with Trump or talks about Trump and like raises any kind of criticism is suddenly like like no, lo- no longer a journalist and becomes editorializing which right. is bizarre but when they go on Facebook and they see like the mo- the most ridiculous nonsense that's it's it, because it comports with their view of reality uh, they well, just not only it. that it, it doesn't uh, confront their view of reality and it also supports it and I think that they are so there's I think our parents and certainly our grandparents grew up at a time where you know our families were very working class so they weren't they didn't grow up in an environment or around people that were politically engaged and, and active and academic or not you know that you have to be academic to be engaged but and so now at this age, there's a, they've got this access to, to information. And uh, I, you know, obviously they're going to prefer, we, our, our families are conservative, like mo- in the way that most working class families are conservative socially in that they grew up in a place, in a time where people like women and people of color kept a smile on their face, no matter what, and uh, knew their, knew their place. And so whenever social issues are brought up in increasing frequency, it seems to them like frivolous nonsense that everyone's bandwagging or like it's, you know, they think everyone should just be quiet and do their job like they've always known or else you're going out of your way to cause trouble. Because they're like, I've never heard of these issues. I think people are just making this up. It's not a non-issue. It's not that people in our families are like callous or like actively trying to to keep people down that's what it amounts to well what's worse is like this is another thing i see a lot is uh is sharing the memes like you know you know what i am respectful police officers and i do whatever they tell me to do and i've never been shot and it's like it's like well the, the your response to them and the fact that you've never been shot are both because you're white yeah, yeah like, like you sure. like you feel i mean there's there's video every day that you can share 
And that's what I'm starting to learn. I'm so frustrated by the inability to uh, stick it to conservatives because you can never show them information that they have to confront in any real way. Like there's all these videos of white guys. Like there's a there's a famous one recently of a white guy getting out of a pickup with his gun drawn at a police officer. Police officer's like, "All right, sir, calm down, calm down." Or or or, or like a 17 year old kid in Kenosha, Wisconsin, walking around with a long gun uh, and getting a pat on the back from police officers. You know, I mean, it's it's I don't know. I mean, I mean or, or police just driving past and when people. I mean, as soon as as soon as I saw the guy hit him with the skateboard, I knew that that was going to be like a moot point for people because they were going to be like, "Oh, he's defending himself." Because it's harder to explain. Well, because it's harder to. Well, the the, the fun thing about that is it doesn't. You, you can't defend. It's yourself. harder to explain like, not, that his presence with that gun made the protesters feel a need to defend themselves. That's well, no, I mean it's 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 if you if I break into your house. And then you come downstairs with a gun, and then I like uh, I shoot you. That's not me defending myself. Like that that that's another criminal act in my. Well, I mean they they view house. they view the 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 rioting and protest as people breaking into their house. Like they they, no, they view it as that's, a danger. But that's not that, that's that's irrelevant in terms of like how, what you would already argue in court. I mean, like the he he crossed state lines with an, uh, with uh, illegally with a with a long gun. He was. Uh, underage for open carry in Wisconsin, um, and he had just murdered someone. So people trying to like subdue him. Uh, again, I wish they had either let him go or shot him. Um, but, I mean, it all boils uh, down to know. people seeing the protesters as dangerous enemies, because th- then that enables this kid to be seen as a as a young hero who put his life on the line yeah. to do what the law tried to prevent him from doing. Anyway, I, I we got a little off topic from this wild facebook post but just say that it's it's funny that like uh this woman got robbed by a corporation and just decided to blame black people like it's it's you know i say it's funny it's like it's it's another thing one of the words for it you know it's like predictable it's it's, funny uh, in the way that things that have made you insane make you laugh when you see them where you're just like sure But um, what's what's going on in terms of we got we want to get to like the future of work which we haven't talked about in a while, and there's there's some things moving around with this whole Rona episode. What's going to happen with the future of work, Casey? But uh, we'll get to that in a minute. We got some some we can get some quick quick hits, some quick stories. Did you did you see anything this week that uh, piqued piqued your interest? Um, to be honest with you, I've I've had my head down dealing with uh grad school stuff this week and also i've been uh trying to schedule today i went and bought a uh a, a uh, sleep study kit from the neurologist to do a sleep study tonight so i get to sleep with tubes in my nose and i know i'm gonna wake up with them you, oh tubes in your nose yeah well that'll be new Plus for editing. i know i'm gonna wake up in the morning <laughs> and all the stuff's gonna be on the floor and i'm gonna be like damn it sleep casey just waking up like, y'all just shit off me. Um, yeah. No, I mean, did anything happen this week? Well, there's, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's 2020. Uh, uh, years have happened this yeah. week. But no, um, so where, where do you even begin? So there's there's uh, good news. Uh, the CDC has, has levied a moratorium on evictions through the end of the year for people under making under $100,000, which is pretty cool. Um, and, and, and to be honest, I didn't know the CDC could do such a thing. No, which I is wouldn't why have thought so I probably either. need to look into the story. But uh, 
because I saw some people talking about that, but I, I don't really know what to make of it. Um, but um, but that's pretty cool. You'd think that the CDC could just say, "Hey, evictions bad for public health." Always, you know, uh, even even after. Well, I I would imagine that some cynical uh, bullshit happened that uh, made them that overrode their lack of political will. Well, no, it, it, it may have even been that Trump was like, hey, I don't need people getting evicted while I'm trying to get reelected. Well, he probably doesn't want people to get evicted and then the numbers shoot up and like. But but what's funny is this is this is far to the left of most Democrats. Uh, yeah, I know. Right? What, what if it's like he let the country burn the entire four years and as the election approaches, he's like, all right, I want to leave it good, though. Yeah. I want to clean things up as I leave. But uh, what's some? What if some, he just did? What if he just did because of his ego and his legacy, the most radical leftist like pro society shit as he left office, and he's like, he's leaving, and he hands the keys to Biden. He's like, good luck, fucko. Yeah, Biden would repeal. Yeah, all I know that. exactly. That's what, would, that's what would be funny. Um, but uh, no, there's another article that I thought was interesting. So the auto, the auto in- industry has a campaign in Massachusetts, and the ad campaign basically says. It implies that if you think that you should have the right to repair your own vehicle uh, rather than go to a, a manufacturer authorized repairman, if that's something you believe, then you are supporting uh, sexual assault and rape. Now, I, I guess I assume the way they said it didn't expect so, me to take a leap like you just did. <laughs> no, no, no. It's bizarre. No, it's so basically what it is. is what if that's how, how people made points expecting you to pry deeper into what they mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no. So, you know, uh, there are like uh, like kind of chip readers or like dongles that you can get that hook up to your car and it'll tell you an error code. Like if you, I'm sorry, my, my grandmother's outside on. the door yelling at everyone, telling them that she loves them as she goes to bed. So that's oh, so going to bed at 745. That's cool. Yeah. Um, that's that's good for everyone. No, but anyway, uh, the uh, so you know you know how your check engine light comes on, uh, and you don't you don't know what's wrong with it. You plug a, like a little computer into it, and it'll tell you if what the you code have is. the computer. That's often yeah. Is that, that's something you can just buy though, right? Yeah, that's an, well, that's something you could buy thanks to legislation like like that exists in Massachusetts. That that that's part of this right to repair. So rather than you know something goes wrong with your car. And you have to take it basically to the manufacturer to repair it and to identify the problem and stuff like that. It allows, quote unquote, independent mechanics, which could mean, you know, the guy at uh, Anderson Automotive. Well, but Texas, but often but often cars like have. So they're in my Prius. Some of the uh, bolts and nuts and lugs have uh, proprietary heads on them sure. that match sure. tools that only the dealership has. Yeah, because they want they want to make the money from the repairs, and they don't want you doing it. And also, uh, my car is made to where a lot of the repairs can only be done if you put the car on a jack and lift it up very high, like a garage jack, because it's built it's built in a way to where you can't do repairs because they want they want to squeeze the money out of you. Um, Yeah, so all of that has to do with the right to repair laws. Um, but this in particular, it just means like the basically the right to repair law now means that uh, anyone can use it, can have these chip readers and make repairs on the car. So the the, the automotive industry, they found a way around this. It's basically like instead of a, a chip reader, we'll have the, the signal sent like did like, you know, wirelessly. 
So there's nothing to plug into, and it gets us around. It gets a loophole around the law. So there's a new law that's meaning to close that loophole, which is very stupid. But they'll find so, but, another loophole, like I said, where they make it to where you can't repair the car without certain tools that only the the company is right. Doing. Which which I don't know how that relates immediately to. Uh, this particular right to work law, uh, right, right to work, right to work laws are bad. So basically they're saying that if you allow anyone to uh, read the chip, because uh, again, it requires a wireless function. If you, if you allow anyone to do that, uh, then it's going to allow hackers and random people to read the chip in your, in your car and get personal information about you, such as being able to, if you have your car uh, like electronically synced with your garage door opener, to open your garage door or to uh, find your lo- location, and all, a bunch of other insinuations. That's because about of that a that- change that the car companies made, though, to get around a. Uh, Correct. Yeah, it's not your Correct. fault for I mean- wanting to be able to repair your car. Yeah, so the 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 funny thing about all of this is that like one, there the the larger question is um, uh, what data exactly yeah. is the car is the car actually uh, you know storing? Yeah, uh, and another thing is all of this is like as far as we know bullshit. Like there's not like it, first of all it, in terms of an er- reading an error code. If if you re- if you pull out one of these scanners and then you're able to find someone's location or do so whatever, I mean th- that that's probably your your car probably shouldn't be uh, storing your location history. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's like different questions about like how the data is handled. Or one of the examples that was brought up in the article is like you know how when you go put it in reverse and your rear view mirror camera your rear view camera comes on. Yeah. Is it storing all of that data? What data is actually yeah. these are these car companies trying to protect? So. It would be weird if they included enough RAM for uh, in your car's computer to upload all of that data locally in your car. That'd be weird because uh, yeah. they would need. There's a lot of data, and that it would need to be like purged when you take it to the shop or something. Or, uh, or it would be being stored remotely. Like, is there a car cloud, or is there going to be? Hopefully, there's not going to be. Um, yeah, because all I mean, of that just seems so, like it's for uh, the car companies to control and manipulate you with the data they collect. Well, the interesting thing here again gets to ownership. So rather than like, first of all, like my my the, like the most obvious analysis here, I think is that um, you know it's a good example of like how corporate power completely unchecked. Um, under the under the guise of like profit seeking, just explicitly leads to like less freedom. Because I think my conservative family members, like they would be pissed if, for some reason, they weren't allowed to like tinker with their cars yeah. or with any car because of a, because of the rights of corporations. They view that as like their property, they, and they should be allowed to do whatever the hell they want. With but it. how would they like? They also, yeah. So they also wouldn't like the diagnostic data being something they didn't have access to. Um, yeah, conservative people are all about their data privacy. But they're not about the data privacy of people that they view as uh, sort of like uh, under like criminals, foreigners, people who should be checked out. Like you don't, and that may even be disappearing now that we've had more of a national conversation about data privacy. You don't hear a lot of people talking about the invasiveness of 
uh, surveilling, uh, you know, Middle Eastern uh, immigrants at, like you did yeah. in, the, in the sort of post 9-11 uh, context where people were like, hey, you got nothing to hide. Uh, because I think it's been made all too real to a lot of white people uh, that it could happen to them as well. Yeah. Well, aside from like the, the data management questions, it's it goes to like, okay, so if we, if, what what would it mean, you know, the kind of control delete approach? So should the, should car companies would they be publicly owned or worker owned or you know a hybrid model? Um, and what what would that what impact would that have on data management? Is like an interesting question to kind of think about. Because it's it's one thing like I I don't want for instance it, like one of the examples is like apparently in in Teslas they have um, like cameras in like the like the the actual like the, the pointed toward the driver in the car yeah of course right and and like oh like, but that's also what? that's isn't that supposed to don't don't they have that feature where it's supposed to uh, alert you if it detects eye pattern that suggests you're falling asleep. Yes, uh, and we we we're gonna need to come back to that. I did air quotes while saying that. Well, I mean, what's what's fun about that is fun. You're using fun uh, ironically a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, it, well, the larger question is like if if they're saying that this data should only be accessed by Honda or General Motors, like are they selling the data? You know, is that part of what they're doing? Because like everyone jokes that like oh I was like I was like driving to the mall and then I mentioned to my spouse that uh, I um, I don't know had an itchy foot and then suddenly I get ads for you know but see, itchy foot cream you know are we at a point yet where because I can see why companies would want to do that and why they wouldn't want to do that because I would imagine that being an an HR nightmare if that were to come out but. Are we at the point where we're desensitized by that being a common type of business practice and to where they're going to try to do it so that they can remain competitive? Because most of the corporate greed that we see is because of the impetus that capitalism puts on companies to compete with each other. So yeah. like even it, 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 there doesn't have to be someone like who's immoral, like, yay, let's do this. If your competitors start yeah. doing a thing, you, you got to be like, all right, I guess we got to start doing this shit. But here's the wildest thing. The company, the car companies, they make a thing and then they sell it to you. At that point, it's gone from them. They shouldn't yeah. still have their f- clutches on it from a distance, like and telling you where you have to take it and how. Like I sound like a libertarian, but like, I, but that's the only thing that is done that way. Like I, I have equipment that's that would require way more specialized, uh, you know, uh, skill on my part to repair than my car. Uh, but you know, and maybe, and maybe that's why they feel secure in knowing that I'll call customer support for like my computer or something. They're not worried about me fixing that on my own, but sure. Um, sure. We, we need to move a little bit quicker through our quick hits section. That's my fault. Did you, did you hear anything about, um, Elon Musk's Neuralink debut this week? I, I remember that it was going to it like in what way did it debut? I mean, he he like showed he showed off some new developments. You know how Elon Musk wants to drill open your fucking head and put a computer in it. Yes. How do you feel about that? Just initially, I don't want him to. Yeah. Uh, so basically, he debuted that. Uh, basically, there's a pig with a brain implant that triggers a beeping noise every time it snuffles. So they're controlling this pig via PlayStation. <laughs> they're not controlling it. They're what? Not controlling it. 
What was what, no, this thing? Was this bullshit do again? Basically, all this has shown is that Elon Musk has been able to quote unquote invent. You put a chip in someone in, in and a it doesn't kill creature's them. brain, and it can <laughs> it doesn't kill them yet. And also, it can interpret certain brain waves. The, the thing is, that is not an invention. This is existing. into into what sort of output? Uh, great, great question. Citation so, needed. Yeah. So there's so, wait, 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 wait. So, so are these like motor uh, inputs, basically? Not always. I mean, so there, there, there's Elon Musk wants to do all kinds of dumb shit with it. So uh, one suggestion was that you'd be able to stream music directly into your brain instead of listening to it. But but the thing is, like, you know, they they can they can stick something on. They can basically put a sensor like just on the skin of your head. And interpret brain signals yes. the way yes. that like this thing does. You know, I mean, I know, I know so, that the more invasive ways of doing this are are more precise. Like, I know if you if you want, for example, a maybe research into uh, uh, robotic arms that require fine motor movement. I know those usually have to be like uh, invasive implants. Anyway, uh, Neuralink, more like Neurostink. Boring company, more like boring company. <laughs> Moving on. Um, there is this billionaire named Bill Ackman uh, who, who has a really big... Ackman? Eye, who has some big... Maybe. It's just Ackman is what it says, but it's probably changed. I know what he means. Name. But uh, the... So it, he has uh, some solutions for... Assisting, oh my God, are they final? Uh, for lowering, lowering uh, wealth inequality. Oh, this so, is a good guy. He recently sent a letter to his capital investor meant firm or whatever. I don't fucking care. Uh, he basically, you know, starts off defending capitalism as the best system for maximizing the size of the economic pie. Hmm. Um, but uh, stagnant growth represents quote one of the principal problems in the U.S. economy, and that if the disparity worsens, Americans are eventually going to push for more radical, uh, you know, measures and push for systemic change. Uh, which is bad. So, quote, like like those who rent rather than own their homes and thereby have no love lost for their landlords, Americans have no ownership in the success of capitalism and who are suffering economically uh, and are more and more motivated to turn oh towards socialism God. or other alternatives. This is like the, we need to enfranchise the American people with capitalism more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, it's fun. So basically, he is proposing, he has actually two solutions. Um, it's it, so. This is like when you sit on your your parents' lap as a kid and pretend you were driving, and they're like, "Good job, buddy! You're doing capitalism." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, kind of. Like, check out this proposal. He said the government could fund investments account investment accounts for every child born in the U.S., which would invest in zero fee stock index funds, oh compound tax free, oh and be tapped only at retirement. So we uh, have uh, this money to invest in kids, but they got to <laughs> use it to invest in the free market. But they can't have it until they're they're on their deathbeds. Now, um, uh, if return rates continue to average eight percent a year, that's a that's a that's an if statement if I've ever heard one. Um, Our economy uh, then, is notoriously uh, stable. A six thousand seven hundred fifty dollar investment could yield more than one million dollars by age sixty five. Um, adding that such a program would cost the U.S. about twenty-six billion dollars a year if the birth if birth rates hold steady. Um, so, so case so th- this idea is stupid. Also, it's very close to a good idea, which is baby bonds. 
which is not which is not what this why is. Why don't we just give um, the money, pay families when they have a kid, so they can invest in the well being of the child in whichever way they see fit? Yeah, I mean, I mean, because, because they don't trust I mean, us poors with capital. Uh, well, exactly. That's the other thing. It's like the idea of like everyone having stock and being able to make decisions is actually an interesting idea. But this isn't... You're not making decisions about what you're investing in. Yeah. You're just hoping that, the, in general, the stock market they're, they're, does well. This is rich people giving us money knowing that we're going to eventually give it back to them. But, yes. Um, it's it, Yeah, it's exactly what it cause is. Because yeah. they... I mean, they, they have all the advantages in, in the market. They, they can... It's so... Um, like, he... He knows all. Well, I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to find a way where he maybe thinks this is a good idea. But as a rich guy with a stake in continuing to be rich, he knows that this doesn't threaten him in any way. And he he thinks that if if when Americans turn on the news and they hear news about what the goddamn Dow Jones did, if they hear that it's good news and then they feel good, then capitalism's problems will be safe. Well, like. Like, it's the idea that, like, even, you know how, like, when, when you hear about the NASDAQ or the Dow Jones, you don't care because it doesn't matter yeah. to you? Um, like, the idea that I would hear the same news, like, the, the Dow Jones went up 10 points. Yeah. And then I'd be like, oh, my God, when I turn 65, I, I might have more money now because of those 10 points. That's, that's fucking Well, sometimes thing. I think that capitalists think the way they do or make the decisions they make because of cynical, like, trying to hold on to their power stuff. But sometimes I think it's because someone who has devoted their life to making money uh, thinks that that's what everyone else wants, too. And they're like, yeah. you know what I'll help everyone with? I'll help them get on their way to becoming a millionaire. Yeah. Because, you know, mil- I think I, millionaires I are- think everyone should have a furry suit. Yeah. Um, I want a Tanuki but, suit, uh, like Mario. Another option involves a mandate for corporations to set aside a fixed share of workers' salaries and tax-free investment accounts for all workers whose funds could could be withdrawn only at retirement. It's the same fucking thing. So he's got two stupid ideas, and I just thought it was funny to, to joke about uh, Bill Ackman. Um, all right, final thing before we – we're 40 minutes in. Anyway, the final thing before we get to the actual thing I want to talk about. Um, the, the, did you see the Extinction Rebellion tweet uh, that everyone saw? The, the what? They, they – Extinction Rebellion. It's kind of like um, what is it? Uh, it's not the the Sunshine Gang in the United States. What is it called? The uh, KC and the Sunshine Band. Sunflower Sunflower Kids. Um, oh, fuck. What is it called? I. I it's a, it's like the climate activists. Uh, Greenpeace. That's animals. No, it starts with like sun in the U.S. The sunrise. Yeah, the sunrise movement in the United States. I was joking about the Sundance kids or whatever. The sun, the sunrise. It's kind of like sunrise in the United States. Um, uh, I think it's how that's kind of what I think about it. But also, this is the one in the UK that's a little more liberal and also not as good. And it's more of a nonprofit. Um, oh, but anyway, so by liberal, you mean it's like more corporate. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is definitely part of it. They get corporate dollars and they have to like you know tailor their message. Sure. So they tweeted uh, yesterday. Just to be clear, we are not a socialist movement. Not off to a great Unfollow. start, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> we do not trust any single single ideology. We trust the people chosen by sortition, like jury service, to find the best future for all of us through a hashtag Citizens Assembly. A banner saying socialism or, or extinction does not represent us. Prayer emoji, prayer emoji. Can we get a list of their corporate donors? 
I'm sure we can, but I I didn't do that, so I'm not ready for that. Because yeah, um, I'm, I'm curious but, how how many. Of, uh, anyway, I I don't li- I won't like an organization that's doing something good because I think they are socialist. But if they come out and yeah. explicitly want me to know they're not socialist, then I'm like, oh, I definitely don't want to fo- follow you anymore. The fact that you're concerned yeah. about me not thinking you're socialist, it's just pathetic. Because like that, like um. You, you think of like what in terms of like rebelling against extinction, you know, yeah. um, you'd think like the main target of uh, rebellion would be the thing that's making you extinct, you know, which is which is capitalism. It's definitely capitalism. Right. Sure. The, the but I mean, that it, we're just it, gobbling it, up all of the land and cutting down all of the. But if they're being funded by like nonprofit, like social, like, you know, not necessarily production. I mean, OK, so I, I our companies are business are businesses that don't produce physical goods are they also drivers of of climate change and i mean it it depends i need an example i can't uh, well i mean like non-profits and and, or like you know organizations that would fund this type of group i don't think like obviously a big gas petroleum companies are going to be well i may not say that the aclu for instance is a non-profit is contributing to climate change but I would say that, like, the Koch Foundation is. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like, it I, I, depends on what you mean. Yeah. I'm not good about talking about business and finance and economics and animals and colors. Anyway, Extinction Rebellion, more like Extinction Okay, so that's rebellion. I've stepped on those a lot because you didn't tell me up front that you had neat little stingers after all these... <laughs> You had neat little anti-comedy stingers after all these, uh, yeah, exactly. which are which are super, which is super funny. Exactly. Um, anyway, did you see Adam Carolla? He he tweeted about coronavirus. Uh, how many pussies got played? What happened to the pussies? Adam Carolla called, uh, I guess, liberals pussies for believing in it. He's like, how many of y'all got? Pl- how many of you pussies got played? That's how he talks. He's the, so Adam Carolla, another is conservative, the less successful person from the Man Show. Is how I know it. Yeah, and the... Oh, that is true. Boy, Jimmy Kimball, he worked with Ben Stein and Adam Carolla. He just likes conservative shitheads, I guess. Yeah. Ben sure. Ben Stein was a was an advisor to uh, Nixon, wasn't he? I don't know. That's a, that's a thing, I believe. Or rate... Anyway, fuck it. Um, so, yeah, Adam, why have you called me here today? What's the meat of the discussion that you wanted to... Well, we're basically 45 minutes in, but uh, well, I, well, we we used to talk about robots These were quick hits. These were not quick hits, but we were having a good time. Yeah. Right. Um, but anyway, now that everyone's turned the podcast off... Yeah, now it's just uh, me and you. Let's talk about what, robots. What, what's going on with robots, my, my man? What's going on? Um... They're gonna... I mean, do you want to talk about this in the context of the future of work after... Well, I mean, like, there was, you know, so, all right, so, the, you know, automation is something we originally were very interested in, right? Yeah. As a potentially liberatory type of uh, development. It was the type of thing you Um, and I, I think, wavered back and forth, positive and negative on for a while because we weren't thinking of it in the broader context that I think we now think of it in. Well, I think, like, a lot of it was, like, you know, automation will make socialism inevitable is how I started thinking about this. Okay. And that's just, this is not true. It's a stupid, it's a no, stupid because capital will use literally uh, capital like subsumes anything. So, well, one good example is when I was, I was reading one of these articles in uh, time magazine. I think it was, fucking uh, you know how, uh, that 
like all right so so automation they used to say oh it's going to take all our jobs that was like the um was oswald and frick or whatever it was the the i don't i forget the uh the the two the big report that everyone freaked out about but because i haven't been into this issue in a while but anyway the, so there's uh there's this big landmark thing that was like oh our jobs are gonna be automated by like 2025 or a lot of them anyway and and then later that was kind of revised by other people to be like you know automation isn't going to take all our jobs it's going to enhance all of our jobs yes and it was like but um the theory being that like everyone is going like yeah automation is going to impact a lot of sectors but in the end it's actually just going to make us more productive the example everyone likes is the atm because while theoretically that could put uh tellers bank tellers out of serve out of out of the job what it ended up doing was that like atms handled like really basic stuff and then the tellers would handle stuff like you know loans and and like more sophisticated services which there are higher demand for. but at the end of the day if 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 the these robots are, are are privately owned they're going to do whatever benefits capital well e- even even beyond that i mean the the increased efficiency like like people would always say that like if it, if it accrues more money to the firm, uh, these workers as they're displaced into more specific specific areas will have to be more higher skilled, and that means they'll get paid more, and that will help reduce the initial inequality that comes from automation. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, maybe. However, there was an interesting little factoid uh, factotum. I don't know which one in the uh, th- there's an article in Time magazine. Uh, so the most valuable company in the U.S. in 1964, AT&T, had 758,000 employees. I'm rounding because I don't want to read all those numbers. It hurts my head. Uh, but, uh, and, but, but today, the most valuable company has around 137,000 employees. That's Apple. Um, and it's, it's, uh, so today's companies make billions of dollars, and they share that income with fewer employees. But they don't you – know, it's not like – uh, it evens out. It's not like this is created. You know, there's. I feel. I feel like I'm. I, I discombobulated. But I, but myself. I have a question. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder how much. Save me. I wonder how many. So it, what was that? AT and T in 1963. You said. Sixty. It's 1964. 1964. So the CEO of AT and T at the time. I wonder how many times his average employee's salary he made compared to Jeff Bezos and his employees. Because yes, Amazon has fewer workers and, and and make more money, but I feel like he's taking far more money from their wa- well, wages. Also, Jeff Bezos's net worth is calculated from like his stock ownership of Amazon. Okay, again, obviously, I don't know how these things work. So it's fine. It's not like he makes it like a you know a two hundred billion dollar. I didn't realize Bill Gates didn't even work at Microsoft anymore. Yeah, I think he he's just, just like a, he's a top shareholder. I think like so uh, putting uh, coronavirus and five G technology. So he doesn't even own his company now. He just makes all his money by owning stock in his company that he started. Sure. Yeah. That's that's the dream. Passive income. That's that's what it's all about, my man. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's called passive because you don't do any work. Um, uh, but I mean, there was an, the, a really good uh, article from Gartner, which you know I don't really like. Gartner, they have some dumb reports, but they, there's like an interesting set of like, they basically surveyed a bunch of businesses and about their intentions and how the coronavirus is going to impact the future of work from their perspective. Yeah. So wait, so, wait, hold on. So now we're moving into a different section where it's now the future of work. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what we we're talking automation, you know. <clears throat> well, well, that's, I thought I thought we were work. talking about future of work in terms of how coronavirus has changed what we think the future of work is going to look like. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly part of this. So, uh, so it, it lists like a lot of different bullets, which we can try to work okay. through quickly. But one is remote work. Forty-eight percent of employees are likely to work uh, remote at least part of the time after coronavirus versus thirty percent before. Uh, th- there's a fun one: increased monitoring. Sixteen uh, percent of employers are using technology more frequently to monitor their employees yeah. through such measures as clocking in and out, tracking work and computer usage, monitoring employee emails, um, uh, and some companies track productivity. Uh, while some companies track productivity, it says others monitor employee engagement, which reminds me of those damn like eye detectors yes. in the Tesla. Yes. That's what it made me like, think. Like uh, um, yeah. that's I mean. And this is part of why they're okay now being like, oh, yeah, we may, we'll probably have more remote work now. It's because they have the technology to be able to m- monitor y- you more invasively and more heavily than they do in the in the office. Well, e- even beyond that, like, uh, like um, yeah, like yes, they're going to monitor you and like surveil you. Look at you. what windows uh, you open and make sure you don't watch any superfluous stuff on your computer like uh, or listen to, I don't know. Make sure see how much time you waste opening iTunes to listen to music so you don't kill yourself sure. while you're working. Uh, but also, 32% of organizations reported that they plan on replacing full-time employees with contingent workers as a cost-saving mechanism. Uh, which, again, I, like has been something that I think was going to be likely. That just, uh, means, because that just means more precarious work for people, right? Exactly. It means you, you buy your own computer you set up your own, and it also means you home, have it which, hanging over your head that you could be fired at any time. Exactly. Yeah, you're young. So it's like being on maybe, so it's like being on fucking death row. Like it's like psychological torture in a way. Yeah, and that's what's interesting because like there there isn't much analysis in this article comparing like trend to trend. So you have contingent work; more people are going to be contract part time, have less benefits, and then the very next thing it says expanded employer role as a social safety net. So what it means by that. Is that that like uh, employer support should include things like sick leave, financial assistance, adjusted hours of operation. This this article is written to employers supposedly, right? This is like how to be it's, an employer. It's well, it's written to yeah to to a degree. There's definitely a lot of like uh, there's a really funny one next. It's we'll but it's to. weird. There's, this one is is particularly evil sounding because it's ta- it's extolling the virtues of having the person who already has all the power. Uh, in in the dynamic, be an even more integral part of your safety net and it's, existence. It's, I think it's I think it's geared toward like efficiency uh, consultants. You know, it's it's geared toward people who are trying to think through like who you know how do we make the new normal work? Like because it because it's kind of weird, right? It's not working. People great, people that think uh, that people that are constantly wondering if they can rather than if they should. Like that's the type of job this is. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, just just to just to put that last bullet to rest, there's the, like I do not want my employer to be my social safety. No. Because your employer like already has too much power over you. Why would I want them to have more power? Yeah, and that's and you, you but I mean? you could see how that could be uh, spun in a positive way that people that people who are so used to having being terrified of that dynamic would suddenly be like. Yes, I would love it if my boss uh, was actually felt enfranchised yeah, in my well being. Your your boss is your is your mommy, and it's going to help you. Uh, you know, it's going to pay for the slave loved his master. And, 
Yeah, well, so, yeah, it's exactly stuff like that. Um, the next bullet point is hysterical because it's the most, like, if you've ever read, like, corporate gobbledygook, like, this is, like, this is just, mwah. Um, but get a load of this shit. <laughs> check, check this shit out. Um, before COVID-19, all right, so the, the title of the section is Separation of Critical Skills and Critical And roles. again, remember, this is written by people, these articles are written by people who are experts in, like, streamlining corporate function for people who are also in that line of work. So this is like shop talk for them. Before COVID-19, critical roles were viewed as roles with critical skills or the capabilities an organization needs to meet its strategic goals. Now, employers are realizing that there's another category of critical roles, roles that are critical to the success of essential workflows. (laughs) I don't understand Uh, the the subtle difference in those two things. Have you ever watched uh, What We Do in the Shadows, the Hulu show? I feel like uh, so there's there it's a show about vampires, right? But there one of them uh his name is uh, Colin Robinson. He's a he's an energy vampire. Like the other vampires are like from Lithuania and they drink blood. They're that kind of vampire. Why are they from uh, Lithuania? Colin, I don't know. They're they're from like, you know, not Russia, Eastern Europe. Probably Romania, show. right? Maybe. I don't know. It doesn't where, matter. Where 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 vampires are associated with? It's know. weird to Vampire have to be from the Balkans, but not from the one you're thinking about. That's stupid. Yeah. Well, I'm not, That's stupid. Look, <laughs> I, I'm not a smart man, but yeah. look, uh, the, the, my the, my favorite character is Colin Robinson, the Energy Vampire, because that he, phrase annoys uh, me. He he like he's he's just an office guy, and he's always like his his thing is to basically talk at you like about mundane shit that you can't walk away from, and he drains your energy that way. And uh, wait, like, uh, so he's metaphor uh, so. But he's an actual vampire because there are people who are metaphorical energy vampires that we work with, right? Sure. No, he is an actual energy okay. vampire. That's yes. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, and he becomes like a super energy vampire when he gets made a manager accidentally. <laughs> be- like, there's a great is this a like, comedy shot. Yeah, it's a, oh yeah, it's a okay. Comedy. But there's a there's a great like uh, like sequence of him walking around the office and saying like like mindless shit yeah. to people like like uh, like uh, working hard or hardly working and someone like collapses <laughs> like that. Oh, so it's like a heavy handed uh, like it's like a heavy handed wink wink about like how how it, work, it feels to work in a corporate environment. I guess they're like no, yeah, they're yeah. energy vampires. Um, but no, th- th- that's what this strikes me as. This I don't understand the difference. Like, what's the difference between uh, essential skills and jobs that are good for the companies? Well, you gotta understand the thing about the critical skills is that they're a, a good component of critical roles. But critical roles are more about critical skills and using them for essential workflows. I know you're trying <laughs> to make it obtuse, but like, I I, I, I don't understand. No, all right. So what's workflow? What what's workflow? Saying, is focus less on roles. Like this person works in communications, this person works on the assembly line, this person Oh, it's about how on... the person's specific skills can be used anywhere. Yes. Yes. Okay. And that's kind of what it I mean, that's what I took away from it is rather than putting someone You can already, you can get to that uh just by having like a worker run <laughs> a business. Yeah, exactly. Business. Well, that, that's, that's a, how it that's would be a in a worker point. run business. That's a great point. I mean, there's no reason yeah, uh 
But that's the thing about worker ownership is that it, it, it knew all along that, that critical skills are not nearly as important as uh, – uh, that critical roles are not nearly as important as critical roles, especially when it comes to essential workflows. One of your employees has better leadership skills than you and you got to be like, well, sorry. Sorry, Ted. Yeah. Looks like I'm going to yeah. be – why don't you hang out for a while? I'm just going to inspire these yeah. inspire these geeds. I'm fired. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, hey, Ted, you're good at firing then, uh, people. Go ahead and fire yourself. They – the the next trend was dehumanization of employees and it was and it was basically like be mindful of this don't oh do my it. god so it, it said <laughs> it said that a a manager's skills need to shift because of the shift in communication from uh you know uh business specific skills to skills like empathy and it's 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 like it's like trying to sell being a human to people in the corporate world like Hey, values are yeah. shifting. People are going to want kindness and empathy. You might need to understand your employees. And I can imagine being like, sure. I don't want to understand my employees. Uh, there are other things here. It talks about progressive organizations communicate openly and frequently uh, to show how they're supporting employees. And um, yeah, uh, they're performative. Exactly. I mean, there's there's a lot of gobbledygook, which is really which is really entertaining to me. Um, I would. I but, by the way. There's no such thing as a progressive or a non-progressive company. Yeah, exactly. Like, like exactly. if Amazon was progressive or or conservative, the people working in the warehouse would still have the same shitty existence. Well, that's why you know, um, you know, your point that like, you know, worker-owned firms would would probably be have these tendencies anyway. Yeah, is really true because this one, this here, it's talking about the emergence of like top-tier empl- employers, right? Yeah. And the, one of the hallmarks of them is that they are frequently communicating and trying to provide for their employees a thing. To think of yourself as the big mommy is like you're going to help your and your employees are your little babies. Yeah. Um. Uh, but but uh, but at some but at some but point is, at some point you stop being able to help your baby with their calculus homework, and then that dynamic yeah. falls apart, and then they eventually. At some point, sometimes you have to take away your baby's salary, and they get evicted, and they they. Uh, die. Well, but what if like what, what if through corporate remodeling they start to implement stuff that socialists have been calling for forever, and employees start thinking, "Hey, we're doing all this stuff like this. We don't really need management anymore." Well, that's what's so funny to me about like the like if you've ever been in a work environment that has like a diversity and inclusion like committee, um, th- that it's like you know. Because for me, I'm like, you know, there are – because it's always awkward because there's like – there's people on the committee and then they're like HR and management yep. and like employees. And it's like – it's always like people are being like half honest because like, you know, you can't say to your boss like it's kind of fucked up how we only have two people of color working here or uh, the only person of color that works in this office – does X job, which is like, or like, uh, or is like basically I, the, I used the to work for a company when I was in corporate recruiting and I would sometimes do internal recruiting for the recruiting firm that I worked at. And whenever the person that I thought would be good to, to call in for an interview was a black person, the, uh, vice president of the company would always want to conduct the interview himself. And they would, he'd always come out and be like, she didn't even know, she couldn't even remember the names of like the management. Like he always had a problem with, with, with the, and, and you look around and there was like one, uh, black person who would ace the, ace the quiz. Yeah. And, and I was like, I think he just intimidates 
No, what I mean is like often management invents little like structures that don't actually have power to make workers feel like they have a voice. And sometimes they, they genuinely do make you feel It's that like way. the door close you button know, in an elevator. But it's not like real power, you know? And it's the kind of thing I think that like it's very easy for those moments to be turned into like, uh, hey, um, while we're all here, maybe we could organize a little reunion. Uh, and then we wouldn't have to, then you could like, you know, basically bargain and negotiate what you're actually wanting to see in your workplace rather than tiptoeing around your fucking vice president's feelings. I mean, on some level, a lot of the formality of of the corporate workplace must be to partition and limit the amount of alone time that employees have with each other. So, yeah. so they're not discussing their uh, experience of the company because if they start talking to each other and they realize that. Oh, yeah, I also think it sucks. Huh, it's not just me. And then the other thing I mentioned was design for resilience instead of efficiency. And it's like, again, like worker-owned firms are, we are, are far more superior here because they're not just focused. They, in many cases, they're not just myopically focused on churning out, you know, more of product A, B, or C, right? Well, and it'll, they, be, it'll be more, and they'll also be more successful in terms of resilience because, it's the decisions aren't coming out of, you know, think tanks and, you know, uh, people, you know, using what they learned when they got their MBA. It's people who are reacting with their uh, self-preservation instincts to keep the company going. Like, it's it's not theoretical. Yeah. There's another article. Uh, I, there's not much to say about it other than there was this dumbass who was... Uh, Basically, he was like, I imagine the office of the future as when more employees could be free from drudgery and focus on things that matter to them. And it's like, my man, I'm I'm working for someone else. Yeah, that sounds a lot like me being at home. Like, I'm not going yeah, to go into the office and play Red Dead Redemption and Skyrim for hours and hours. Now. There was one article where the CEO of a company was talking about, uh, they were talking about how remote work uh, disenfranchises people of color who often uh, don't have access to stable, uh, you know, uh, Wi-Fi, who live in, uh, tend to just live in more crowded uh, homes where they, you know, can't, uh, you know, when they're doing video calls, the environment looks unprofessional to the people they're talking to and it puts them at greater risk for, and the CEO said, while I can't buy them a larger, uh, you know, space to live in. I can't provide them an empty office to come in and work in, in our office, whenever. And it's like, but you might, if you're a CEO, you might be able to buy them, uh, get them a bigger place too. Like, it's sort of weird to see like a, someone who owns capital being like, it's a shame you live in those conditions. I wish there was something I could do financially about it. But you can come into the building that I own that no one's in, uh, that, uh, and work in an empty room by yourself, you sad fuck. Uh, but all of this, to me, uh, I, there's more in the Time Magazine article, but it's just too long. And it's one of those articles, honestly, that, that like explains like different examples of robots doing doing things. And it's like, it, I feel like it's supposed to overwhelm you and make you think that like uh, it's hopeless. Because that's, I feel like the, or the, the things are inevitable. Really? But the... But yeah, I mean, you remember, and this is part of what's interesting about Elon Musk. And the, even the article that I read about Neuralink, the, the author was like talking about how how many times he's been just had by Elon Musk. Like he, he really believed Elon Musk when he said that by the end of 2020, we were going to, there would be like a million self-driving cars on the road. 
and like all of these huckster things that I get you know, very Silicon confused. Valley is constantly selling. I get very confused by the conversation around automation because there's Tell me so that. many perspectives. There isn't one conversation because there's there's for and against, and within those, like within the four, there's it's inevitable or we should push for it. And then within the negative, there's also the in, there's the inevitable. It's inevitable, or we should actively fight against it. You know, it'll take away jobs, or it'll free us from drudgery. And so it's often I often have a hard time telling you know telling the perspective of like when we're reading these articles, it's hard to suss out the perspective on it, whether they're saying it's inevitable or whether they're saying or they're trying to sell us on it. For um, sure, I mean, I just feel like when you have, for instance, there's this paragraph that's like. Um, robots have been employed deployed during the pandemic to meet guests at their hotel rooms with newly disinfected keys. Uh, check into a hotel, a mechanical butler designed by the robotics company Sabiaki might roll down the hall to deliver hand towels and toothbrushes. Uh, a bricklaying robot can lay more than 3000 bricks in an eight hour shift, 10 times what a human can do. Robots can plant seeds and harvest crops, separate breastbones and carcasses in slaughterhouses, pack pallets of food and processing facilities and it just i feel like a paragraph like that just overwhelms you with their like as a worker you are easily replaced and you have no power. who's the audience but of that, this? that is, this is the, not true is this one of the uh, the publications like forbes that's written to like no, business no, no, no. owners this is, time, this is time magazine oh, okay time magazine just, okay so yeah so you know my, my my perspective and i think your perspective and most you know people listening their perspective is I am all for automation in the ways that it would free up people from toil, but they those th- they would, those things would need to be in a worker owned environment. It couldn't be in a yeah. in a in a capitalist hierarchical structure yeah, Be- because not going to... because the then it, automation won't be for the benefit of say of protecting the most jobs. Yeah, and protecting your, your most boss workers. isn't going to invent a way where you only have to work three days a week but still keep paying you for your boss doesn't care about freeing up your spare time so you feel more personally fulfilled they tell you that to placate you so you don't stop working while they want to transition to that yeah uh but like i I feel like articles like this can make you feel disempowered but the reality is that like workers have a shit ton of power especially when you get to something like a general strike, you know, like when it's not just, I mean, that's the dream, like the, but like, how do we, what, what, I feel like some, there needs to be something in place culturally for that, for us to get to that point. Like what, well, I mean, sometimes it's, it's completely spontaneous. Like with the NBA strike last week, like it started out, but like, general was, would need to be across multiple strike. sectors, right? General means across multiple sectors. Well, I mean, think of it this way. You, it started out in like the Milwaukee game, right? And like the, the team went on strike and then soon the, the entire NBA went on strike again, spontaneously. Yeah. And then like there were NHL teams and MLB teams and, and like it was really spiraling out of control until the great villain of the 21st century, Barack Obama called up LeBron and told him to stop. Um, and like it was, that it, sounds know. like a story that uh, conservatives would make up. That that no, I, that, I that mean, Obama talks to LeBron James and those two black guys make decisions on whether the NBA like. Well, has, uh, to be clear, LeBron apparently I, I don't know. I it, it's my understanding that LeBron sought counsel with Barack Obama 
And Barack Obama was like, you know, well, and us rich you, guys, you, they have access you, to each other. So by by playing again and not striking, that's how you have the real power. And somehow, like, I well, because basketball is very brand oriented, also and very marketing oriented, like more so than other sports. But it's also just a completely baffling understanding of power. Like that, no, you have more power, and you're refusing the power. How should how should should control all delete Adam sports? Well, I mean, um, the the Green Bay Packers are in part. It's a little more complicated. It's not exactly owned by. Uh, it's not exactly publicly owned, but you know, I think that you know it'd be I, that you could have. Um, Kind of, you, but you couldn't have them making millions of dollars playing a game if it was worker owned, right? Why not? I don't know. I mean, it, it might be a different. But, but wouldn't breakdown. that be weird? I mean, the the, re, the reason why players get so much money is because of their there's often a union that's backing them up. Because of what? Because of a union that's backing them up. I mean, it's it's wait, but there's other industries that have unions that aren't getting people paid millions of dollars. That's true. I don't know. I mean, like, are you you're you're saying that that uh, what makes football players, players? I wonder what it is in the history of football that made that particular career become one that makes you a celebrity. And uh, well, I mean, the, the, it's it's a it's entertainment. The, I guess. People, there are so many people watching it and buying merchandise that there, there's millions and millions and millions of dollars being made. And the players have gotten wise that, like, rather than Jerry Jones get all this fucking money, maybe the guys that are banging their heads against each other should have a little bit of that cheddar. And I'm fine with that. Do you foresee a future where I, I, an employee-owned company begins, like, maybe a YouTube channel where they film at the office and make sort of celebrities of the day-to-day of, of their employees? And, and then that becomes a way of like making celebrities of working people sounds like a weird like reality tv show i mean that's what it seems like i feel like i feel like if you had a a democratic office place the workers be like no we don't want that shit here um but i mean just as a way of making people invested in them the same way they're invested in like youtubers uh and again since worker owned it would be done in a more dignified way i suppose i was just trying to think take the component that makes guys playing a game wealthy and just transport that to workers. You mean like have like, um, I don't know, like a guy that works at the worker owned grocery store. Do you like react videos? No, I almost mean make videos of him doing his daily stuff and his, maybe he's a charming guy and maybe, and, and make sort of a celebrity of him, but then that would just be him. I don't know. I'm trying to trying to get the the. I think it's weird that we pay football players millions of dollars, and I I feel like in a just system that probably wouldn't happen. But I think under the system we currently have, I have no problem with it. Related note: feature of work. So Amazon put out a job posting. They put out an ad like they're searching for to hire someone as like a professional union buster, basically. What what euphemism do they use? Um, an intelligence analyst. Like they, like that's, in the bar- that's barely a euphemism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, it would be based in Phoenix, Arizona. You'd be a part of the Global Intelligence Program. And the uh, analysts would be charged with uh, gathering information on any internal and external threats to Amazon and reporting to the data to leaders across the organization. Among the types of intelligence they might gather are quote, sensitive topics that are highly confidential, including labor organizing threats against the company. Who published this? Oh, a lot of different people. It was published in Vice. It was published in Bloomberg. 
What's frustrating is you couldn't show that to corporatist people in a way that would show them. Like, it, it seems so blindly. I don't know. I get frustrated sometimes that it's it's impossible to convince people of stuff. Sure. I feel like I'm very easily convinced by facts. So I think that's what makes it more frustrating. But I think I'm easily convinced by facts because I, I've always felt like incompetent, like I don't know everything. So. Well, Amazon came out the next day and they were like, this job post was not an accurate description of the role. It was made in error and has since been corrected. And when asked, like, so what was wrong with the posting? What was incorrect? Uh, they did not reply. <laughs> Someone fell asleep on their keyboard and it typed a completely coherent paragraph about busting unions. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I don't think we have time to talk about the uh, religion in the workplace thing. Oh, uh, okay. We don't have to, I guess. But anyway, if you, I mean, if you want to, the other Amazon story was basically that they they're also hiring. They also have people that are, or actually a, a, a program that is collecting communications in private Facebook groups to uh, basically spy on their workers again, and. Um, not related to I'm just trying to wrap up things but I guess my only analysis of that is that Amazon is evil and they would do anything to prevent a union which is why we should do everything we can to unionize as much of Amazon as possible because um, fuck them uh, same I, thing to uh, I know but, that, but that's that's like I don't know I feel like at this point that's like yelling that murdering babies is bad at people like the people who like reasonable reasonable people already agree with you and the people who don't agree with you are inhuman monsters who aren't going to be well, budged. there there are a lot of people that are organizing right now i mean there there are there are tangible things you can do to uh help support amazon uh, workers at amazon you there are there are less things you can do to stop uh, baby murder although i agree that that's bad uh, last thing is that like uh, this is like an old school story honestly uh, in Memphis a union organizer found uh, and this is not related to Amazon uh, in Memphis a union organizer found a hidden camera placed outside his home placed there by the cops that's old school union what is that what is outside your home mean it was like on a telephone pole okay pointed at his God house damn it so I have a fr- can... I have a friend who's a who's real paranoid he's like an old school musician guy and for some reason all musicians are they think that like i don't know they just see the world in a more magic way and but usually at least with them being paranoid and like whenever there's someone working on a telephone pole on the street you look out the window like i see you fucking fed and i hope he doesn't see this story because i'm gonna be like yeah. god damn it happens every day every day and fuck it maybe like i i, I imagine I often think about what we'll know in a few years that we were completely oblivious to now, like things where you sure. and I are like, no, surely there's nothing that nefarious and that ubiquitous happen. Like, surely every time you see an AT&T van, it's not actually people listening, you know, to your, but like, then we learned that, yeah, well, every AT&T van. Yeah, every panel van feds. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, well, it's the kind of thing when you think about the things we do know that the government has done, like the MK Ultra program, yep. that's real. Uh, overthrowing, uh, you know, democratically elected governments, very real all around the world. Uh, death squads funding them all around the world. I mean, like, hey, man, hey, it's, it's it's not perfect, but it's the freest country in the world. It, yeah, sure. I understand that. Um, I just I respectfully disagree. 
Well, it seems um, to be the freest country in the world when you are constantly infringing on the freedom of all the other countries. Yeah, when you're constantly overthrowing democracies. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, you, you got anything about religious consultants? What do you got for me? I don't, be brief. I don't think. Well, oh, well, this is what I was kind of excited about this. So I thought we would talk about it in maybe another episode. I was thinking we need to do a grab bag episode coming up where we take the bits and pieces left over on Rudy Toot Tootin and try to do something with them. Uh, but. Yeah, so there's this thing that I, I and I read this uh, hurriedly before we uh, did the did the episode because I forgot what day it was. But so Adam, you may not know this. I have an undergraduate degree in religious studies. God damn it! Here we go. Yeah, and uh, so you pick this out for me because you're like, Casey should be interested in something we do on the show once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kidding, but uh, there there people are starting to hire these. Uh, divinity uh consultants is that what it's called or uh spirituality consultants or uh so basically these people are graduates of divinity schools and for the people who don't know a divinity school is often affiliated with a theology uh school at state universities or like ivy league uh schools like harvard divinity school you think of yale divinity school and it's the type of thing where at very religious schools, Eastfield Divinity School. This is a very like it's the type of thing where if if you went to school and you are now a clergy person, a clergy person, in uh in increasingly usually Christian traditionally and Jewish, but increasingly uh, Muslim uh, religious communities, then you've gone to divinity school. You go to theology school, you become a scholar. You go to divinity school, you become a like leader. Anyway, you become divine. The, yeah. That's what I always thought. So there's these people who have graduated from divinity schools that apparently some of them, this is their ambition. And I didn't even know it was like a thing where they're looking to integrate into the operations of a corporation rituals that will facilitate the same sort or will um, bring about the same sorts of, uh, you know, emotions and, and uh, experiences that they do in religious observance. The idea, the idea is that in a religion, like if you're going to be speaking in tongues at the board meeting. Well, the idea is that, and you hear Jordan Peterson talk about this a lot, is that uh, rituals are a central part of what it means to be human and have a sense of meaning. And that, uh, but he he then says, even if you don't believe in the rituals, we still need to do them, or else our society will fall apart. And keep your mouth shut. We're all sad. Uh, just take your pills and eat your beef. But uh, so these people are trying to create work rituals, and basically they're porting sort of the forms of religious rituals. Like one of them was maybe you could have a ritual for when you uh, receive. Uh, that first email from a, a big client. And I was like, oh my God, I, I don't know. I, anyway, so it's wanting to uh, give a greater sense of purpose and integration and meaning to people at work. So basically it recognizes the meaninglessness of the existence that we all have at work. And it's seeking to trick us into moving religious feelings to be associated with our workplace. Which sounds like some work, worship, like literal, the feelings you have at church, they're trying to make you have those feelings at at, at work. And uh, some people are more consciously... Such as the fear of God? No, such as... Uh, like God, daddy, such daddy, as this... God, daddy boss? 
No, such as I have a sense of meaning when, when, oh. when I'm at work. Or like, imagine if someone said that like, we're bringing in a psychologist to figure out how to make your workplace feel like your grandmother's house. It's interesting because like the, the thing I, the, and, and my, the one time in a work experience I felt the most sense of meaning was when I was a, a union organizer and I was just pissing off my bosses on a regular basis and I was just doing so with all near complete impunity. Well, do you know why? Because you subconsciously associated that with the anti-Roman with, activities of Jesus in the New Testament. And so no, I said so, what I did is I associated that with myself having the power of God. Well, but actually it is very much like Jesus and his answer. Here's the thing. If you take things like that and you could frame them in a, uh, I mean, we could use this for social socialist shit, but like socialists aren't down with that. But uh, it's basically try. It's basically like, remember what Amazon did with uh, gamifying the toil that their, uh, uh, yes. that their workers do. This yes. is sort of like, uh, so you're going to be doing the same stuff, but we're going to like, to pray a little or meditate or we're going to have a group uh thing that we do every time this certain thing happens to make your dumb brain think that uh this is somehow divine or spiritual it just seems very sick and, and manipulative it does it's, um, it's almost like uh, building a kind of like perverse uh like corporate religion know, like it, it's like a in, corporate in, religion. inter in interpersonal relationships like building up a dependency in someone deliberately. Yes, and then, and a- absolutely. Then, but also exercising power to like, like basically, you know, you fire someone, they're basically like, they feel empty because they lost this sense of, I think uh, in some respect, I think the science, the psychological science is sound. And in some respects, I think it's a little bit pseudoscientific and Jungian. Yeah. And, but the idea that they're consciously start on Jung, but the idea that they are consciously trying to manipulate working people this way is extremely perverse it's it sort of makes me feel like when you see uh videos of like cute police dogs and like how perverse it seems that they're being made to like do police work like these innocent dogs but there are coming from this though are some divinity uh, advisors who are explicitly who explicitly have a social justice bent and they're so I, I got the feeling that some of them have been sleeper cells where corporations have brought them in and this person has been like, all right, you want to bring some religious sentiment in here? Okay, Jesus was anti-authoritarian. He believed he would believe that all the workers should get uh, better wages, so we need to organize. And then the CEO is like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not what we... And I'm like, and so my thought was like, I mean, yeah, sometimes you fuck around and find out with religion. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you get some well, social what, justice what theology it, in there, uh, I'm trying to think. Um, Jesus was like, I've, I've, I've not come to do X, but I came, I came, to, I came with a sword or some shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I, I mean that that sounds like something from the Gospel of John, which is like we know the latest gospel that was made well after the establishment of. Don't get into it like that. Well, but like, but like, if you like the Gospel of Mark is probably the closest. It was the earliest gospel. It probably has it has the least supernatural stuff in it of all the gospels. And, and in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is he says that um, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go to heaven. Uh, he also says, I agree with that. He also says, um, I say to you that before 
you can enter the kingdom of heaven. You must give everything that you own and share it amongst yourselves. Um, he also says, uh, you know, render unto Caesar's Caesar, which is Caesar's, which basically means fuck the money, fuck the state and its capital. Um, and then he was, I mean, Jesus, I, in my opinion, Jesus was 100% killed for sedition. Anyway, so it's, it's a perverse thing where they're trying to hijack people's religious sentiments and, uh, put them on the place where they are taken the most advantage of. And, um, seems pretty fucked up, but like I said, I don't know. It's, it seems less effective than like, you shouldn't have to disguise, uh, you know, radicalization as religion and sneak it into a company. And I would think that'd be less effective because I would think that more people at a company would understand the importance of unions and uh, fighting for a better wage than are religious. Like that'd be weird to at Google to like bring in a divinity advisor and because there's gonna be probably a lot of people that aren't religious that are like got to attack and dethrone God. That's what Google's all about. And they'd be like, "What the fuck are we doing?" Yeah. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Is that from John? For I, have, for I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Not hard. A man, yeah. a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Matthew 10, 34, 36. So in the later Gospels, you see a lot of the... Uh, we, we've devolved into Sunday school. Well, no, this, this isn't Sunday school, but like Christians... Uh, the Christianity, as as Jews started converting to Christianity, it caused a lot of familial strife, and so the later gospels start trying to spin it into like, nah, that's gonna happen. That's gonna happen. That's 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 all accounted for. Jesus is doing that. Jesus is, yeah. Jesus is alienating you from your family for breaking your traditions and for following fun. for following this. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Lord, this is a long one. Um, Tried to warn you. Uh, for for future left, uh, we appreciate you listening. If you got this far, this was a fun one. We hadn't visited robots in a while. And if you've gotten this um, far, you probably appreciate us more than our average listener. So maybe consider giving us a little bit of money on uh, on Patreon. Patreon.com slash future left. And if uh, if you have, uh, you know, even if you can't give money, if you can just share this with a friend. Yes. That's pretty cool, too. Yeah. But for future left, I am Adam. I'm Casey. Bye. Bye, everyone.